Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Okay. Right, everyone, I have prepared a 15-minute sermon and I've got nine minutes to preach it in. Um, So uh, I know those celebrations because the sermon's going to be shorter than normal, so yeah, I know what it's like. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be speaking to us all this morning. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God and what that is for us as a value at BFC. And this is the last in our family value series. So I think it's really important that we pray. So let's just take a moment of quiet and we'll pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we get to come each week. We get to glorify your name, to declare that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are over all things, Lord God. And uh, I pray that even now, you'd be Lord in this place. You'd be speaking through me as I, as I bring this incredibly important value that we hold as a church. You'd speak through me this morning and help us to hear what it is that you're saying to us, Lord. And I pray you'd help us get caught up in whatever it is we're doing, whether we're uh, doing colouring and drawing and pictures about you or whether we're listening to the sermon, Lord. Just get us, help us get caught up in that this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. You may have heard a story recently, a guy called Sir Kim Darrock. Okay, and there's his picture up there. Um, and you may have heard this story about these leaked communications that, um, that between the government uh, and this ambassador to the USA. And um, I think it's a sad state of affairs when someone who's been tasked to do a really important job, uh, to, so to report to his nation, report to the UK, the state of affairs in a far-off country, and that information's leaked, and their position's made untenable. I think it's a really state of affairs. Uh, And that's not necessarily a key part of the story today, but more importantly, there's another side to his role. So he tells the UK what's going on in the States, but more importantly, Sir Kim Darroch, this chap here, was responsible for representing the interests, values, and priorities of his nation to this far-off land. So he was there to represent what we believe, what what the UK holds as important values to the USA. And... Although the US might seem very similar to the UK, it's generally accepted that the culture of the USA, although they've got the same language, you know, we have a joint history, it is very, very different to the culture in the UK. And this is why we need an ambassador. We need someone to go out there to represent us, to represent our interests, our values, our priorities to this foreign land. And also we have ambassadors all over the world. Uh, some years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the ambassador's house in uh, Chisinau in Moldova. And we went around for a barbecue, the British ambassador to Moldova. I swam in his pool, ate his food. I did take him for Aero Rocher because you have to. Um, and it was a great time. But there's ambassadors all over the world. And, uh, but Sir Kim, he shared a frank view of the US government and he caused offence to this, you know, great Sharpie-wielding tweeter. Um, He wasn't sacked, but his position became untenable. And I think the experience of Sir Kim is one that is similar for Christians today. We bring, as Christians, the interests, values, and priorities of a foreign kingdom to the world around us. A message of grace, of mercy, and forgiveness that's often pushed back against. And it's a cause of offense for those who don't see their need of it. Uh, Sir Kim Darrock made his life in the U.S. His wife is a teacher, a teacher's out there. He, one of his children lives out there and works out there. 
but they're not American. They're British. Yeah, they're not citizens of the US. They're British, and that identity never leaves them. Similarly, in the earlier stages of the Marvel universe, for those of us who don't know who Kim Darrick is, this is Thor. He's an Asgardian. He's from a place called Asgard. And he's a prince of a foreign land early in the series. He's a prince of a foreign land. And when he comes to Earth, he doesn't lose his identity of being a prince. He's an ambassador, a princely ambassador of a foreign land. And Christians too, I believe, have a princely nature that they bring to this world. Christians are called to be ambassadors of the king to the communities in this world. This morning we've considered the Garden of Eden. I love that picture of God walking in the cool of the day. We don't know what that looked like. I love the picture that was in the book that showed up there, this sort of ethereal cloud. You know, maybe it was like that. Or maybe it was like God was like us. You know, he, he took a form of a, a man and walked through the garden. We don't know. Um, and a key part of the story that I love is the fact that all the way through, God creates the world and then he says, and it is good. And when woman was made, he called it very good. I'm sure there are many ladies who remind their husbands of that. Um, and it's good for us to remember, but more likely God was referring to the relationship between man and woman, that, God, uh, that man had someone to do his work with. Um, Adam and Eve walked with God. They knew him. They knew his voice. And God enjoyed walking of the cool of the day with them. The, Adam and Eve knew his pleasure. They had a relationship with God, and it was good. And we all know that in the end they disobeyed God and that relationship was broken, as we've heard the story this morning. And as we also shouted out, you know, Jesus promised relationship again through Jesus. God incarnate dwelling in our midst. In the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, Jesus spoke repeatedly about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. I think they're one and the same. If you look at Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes and the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5.3, Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Which tells us that those who recognize their poor spiritual state, those who would humble themselves and recognize their poor spiritual state, would receive the kingdom. In verse 10, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Those who live righteously in line with Jesus' teaching, justified by him, and are persecuted for it, will receive the kingdom. We know that in going to the cross, Jesus won us the ability to have power over sin, to live righteous lives. Jesus enables us to discover our impoverished spiritual state and then gives us righteousness that we might live for God. We're freed to live righteously. We're freed to have power over sin. And the reality is people will come against us when we do that. When we stand for what is right, people will come against us because the world isn't ready for it. What is the kingdom then? What is this kingdom that we inherit? It's God's all-encompassing sovereign reign. It is bigger than the church. The church is an integral part of it, absolutely, but God's kingdom is so much bigger. God's reign is over all things, all of creation, but we don't see the fullness of it. Not yet anyway. Jesus came preaching the kingdom He'd left his throne, he'd left heaven, come to live like us, and he ascended to the cross, descended to the grave, and rose again. 
At the end of the Gospels, we see Jesus taken into the cloud, which Dan spoke to us about the other week. Taken into the clouds, and he enters the throne room of heaven and takes his kingdom. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. Jesus is the king. He reigns over all, yet we don't see the fullness of it. We live in the interval of the show. We live between the fact that Jesus has taken his kingdom and reigns and the fact that one day we'll see it in full. We live in the middle ground. We know this has happened, but we haven't seen the fullness of it yet. That day is still to come. But the great thing is, one day we will see the fullness of it. One day we'll behold the completion of it. One day there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And on that day, we will see the fullness of the kingdom. One day, we will proclaim, like Rafiki, where's where's my friend Rafiki? There he is. One day, we will proclaim, the king has returned. One day, righteousness will reign in full. But for now, righteousness reigns in the bit of the kingdom that we do see, the bit that we do know. Righteousness given to us by Jesus, imputed to us. Righteousness that leads to joy and abundant lives lived in the experience of grace and of mercy. When people experience the kingdom, they see joy, they see grace, and they see mercy. So what about us then? What about BFC? What about this church? What does that mean for us to be a kingdom church? I love this line in John 17 where Jesus says uh, that those who follow him aren't of this world, just as he is not of this world. We, if we're Christians here today, are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. We're just in this one right now. We're living in this world right now, but our citizenship is elsewhere. Think back to Sir Sir Kim Derrick or Thor, ambassadors in foreign lands, bringing the values and standards of their home to a far-off country. Here at BFC, we look like everyone else. We speak the same language, but our culture is different. We bring a culture of grace, of mercy, of holiness, wherever we go. We're like everyone else to look at, but we're here on short-term mission. Our home is elsewhere. Our home changes our identity. God's kingdom is our home And we are his representatives here in this foreign land. But as Lizzie said last week, our identity is really important. It really matters. And knowing our true home is key to knowing our identity. Knowing where we belong is key to knowing who we are. Here at BFC, we're representatives of the king. But more so, we are children of the king and his kingdom. When the children of the king come to a foreign land, they have an impact on those who would receive them. Sometimes you won't be received well, just the reality of it, like Sir Sir Kim Derrick. He wasn't well received when they found out the reality of what was being said. And like him, we might be persecuted and sent away, but we remain faithful to our real home. Like ambassadors, we promote the values of our home to affect change where we are and to share with everyone around us the greatness, wonder, and love of our king. We're children of the king living in a foreign land, trying to win over the land to the good king. 
Where we go, the kingdom goes. The kingdom expands. When we walk into work, because we're children of the king, there the kingdom goes. We stand by the school gate. The kingdom is there. We go out for a beer, for a walk or a bike ride. There the kingdom goes. Being a kingdom church means we share kingdom values wherever we go and in whatever we do. In our families, at the school gate, the workplace, at the pub, where we go, the kingdom goes. With God's reign in our lives, we bring his reign into situations where kingdom values may never have been seen before. Righteousness, joy, grace, and mercy, they all go where we go. Let us never forget that we are kingdom agents sharing the love of our saviour king in this foreign land. What's the kingdom look like in the now? It looks like unexplainable joy, perseverance, love, grace, and mercy. It brings this foreign to this land, redemptive truth to a culture that doesn't truly know what those things look like and isn't always ready to receive it. What's the kingdom look like in the not yet? It looks like fullness of joy, realized perseverance, a land full of the love of God. We can only really speak of the fullness of the kingdom in simile and metaphor. It's like this, and it's like that, and the gate is like the, the gate is this giant pearl with a hole in it. It's like how big is that? It's huge. We talk about it in simile and metaphor because we just can't explain it because it's so much bigger than we can explain. It tells us that our final home is in imaginable glory, is is unimaginable in glory and majesty. Our final home is with Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb who was slain. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray you'd help us never forget that we are ambassadors of another land, that we're in this place as your people. This is the foreign land, this place where we are now. This is the foreign land, but our home is elsewhere. I pray, Lord God, in all our conversations, in the way we live our lives, the way we act at work, Lord God, that we would always remember that we're your people first and foremost. We're your children, Lord. And I just pray that that would have an impact in this community, that as we go out, your kingdom goes, and we'd see the kingdom expanding in Billingshurst because we realize that we're children of Almighty God's and that Jesus is our King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.